Hello, everybody. This is Mito Hamada from Emerald City and soon-to-be-aired uh, Counterpart, and you guys are listening to the Next Level Podcast. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Lucky Yates. Hey there, this is Jimmy Simpson. Hello, this is Brad Sherwood. Hi, this is Claire Coffey. This is Andy Daly. Hey there, this is Kevin Duran. Hi, I'm Chris Parnell. Hey, this is TJ Sainz. Hey all, this is David Hoffman. You are listening to Next Level Radio. Have fun. It's time for the Showcast. And now, here they are, those pop culture junkies and your hosts, Ben Beck. Adam Gorey and Steve Richards. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Spotlight here on the Next Level Network. I am Ben Beck, joined this time by my co-host, Steve Richards. And our guest this week is someone I'm sure you've seen on screen before. At, at least you have if you're a watcher of good television, at least. Uh, you've seen him on shows such as State of Mind, 24, Homeland, in movies such as American Sniper. And his most recent TV project, NBC's Emerald City, just wrapped up this past Friday. Uh, please welcome to the uh, to this edition, uh, Mido Hamada. Mido, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, like we mentioned, uh, Emerald City just wrapped up this past week, uh, its first season. I think it was, what, 10 episodes that it ran? Yeah, it was 10, exactly, 10, 10 episodes. So, um, <clears throat> you know, watching the show and watching clips of the show even beforehand and everything, Emerald City isn't exactly what people would imagine when you think Wizard of Oz, you know, because we grew up with the movie with, you know, Judy Garland and such. But for those of people who, who may not have seen it, how does the series differ from what we may have grown up with from the film? Um, it's, I think it's more closely related to the books. Um, Frank Baum wrote about 14 books, of which The Wizard of Oz is, is only one. And our show is very, very different. Well, for starters, our Dorothy is already much older. She's in her early, uh, early 20s when she lands in Oz. So that in and of itself is already different. Um, and also one of the main differences is the characters that you've come so, uh, grown so accustomed to, characters like Tin Man and Scarecrow and Lion, appear in very different forms in our, in our show. Um, for starters, we become those characters as the show progresses. So we don't start off being Scarecrow, a Lion, or Tin Man, but we become those characters as the show progresses and, and the season grows, grows uh, and moves on. Yeah. And I think that in itself is different. Um, <clears throat> obviously, for me, uh, playing the Cowardly Lion, uh, I'm not an animal in the movie, in the show, uh, sorry, uh, so it's a, it's a completely different thing in, in, in that sense, you know. Uh, um, but we hope that the audience will fall in love with it and that it'll become their version of The Wizard of Oz and that they will kind of remember us from, from here on in. Yeah, I, I know, you, you know, you, you, you said your character doesn't start off as the cowardly lion. He's not an animal. But, uh, you know, just from being in the guard of the wizard... Uh, your your costume, at least, you know, the helmet that's the lion head is pretty badass. Yeah, but but you see that the the lion head in the costume is still from uh, uh, King Pastoria. It's from the time from before. So basically, when the wizard took over, I kind of changed ship 
and and went and went to work with the wizard because I thought that he's the new power in Oz, and therefore then killed my king and my queen, and that was the cowardly act in, yeah. in my case. So all that kind of stuff gets revealed during the course of the season. It's not on the first episode that you see already the guy with the lion head. It's you know it happened. I think it only got revealed like in episode eight or so. And the same goes for Tin Man. The same goes for Scarecrow and all the other beautiful characters in our show. Yeah. When you when you first auditioned for the role and you first got the part, um, what were your thoughts when you found out that you were going to be playing a character like so so iconic as the Cowardly Lion? Uh, it's really interesting because in the beginning I went up for a different part. I'm not going to say which part I went up for, but I went up for a different part and and uh, I sent in a tape and they liked it and then they came and asked if I would audition for this other part, uh, who happened to be the uh, Amon and the Cowardly Lion. And so then when I received it. I, I didn't quite understand the magnitude of it, to be honest with you, until I started to kind of talk to people and then realize just how attached everybody is to The Wizard of Oz. And only then did it really dawn on me, oh, oh my God, this is a, this is a big deal, because people really, really, really love The Wizard of Oz. Mm. And it's only then that it really dawned on me. And, and then I, I, I got nervous, <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> when, you, when you realize, oh, shit, I got to take on this beast. How the fuck am I going to do that? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so I, I was kind of, you know, thinking about that. And then when we started, I kind of forgot about all of that and just went and played the character. And, and then you don't really think about it. Once the work starts, all that goes out of the window anyway. And, and you forget about it and you just go scene by scene and, and piece it together. Yeah. And you mentioned a lot of people love the wizard of Oz. Um, but I read somewhere that maybe you, uh, not that you didn't love the Wizard of Oz, but you associated the Wizard of Oz story with a different uh, media platform. Is that true? Is it something to do with the uh, with the Wiz more than the Wizard of Oz for you? Yes. Yeah. Well, you see, I I didn't grow up in the U.S. I I grew up in in Germany, and in Germany, every once in a while, maybe during the Christmas time, they would show the Wizard of Oz, and so I would probably say I've seen the Wizard of of Oz maybe a total of times max and I would say that both of those times I was under the age of 10 when I mm -hmm. saw it so I'm far away from 10 now so it's been quite a while <laughs> since I've seen it so the real lasting memory that I have in my head is of course of uh, the Wiz because I was a huge uh, Michael Jackson fan and and, uh, and and Jackson 5 fan in the early and uh, mid late to 70s so the Wiz was had much more of an impact on me than the Wizard of Oz so and that stuck in my mind, you know, when when Michael Jackson played Scarecrow. So, so that was quite funny. So again, you know, we we come to the world of Oz in many different shapes and forms. Sure, is that what attracted you to the show? Because I know you have a theater background as well, right? So was that kind of yeah. that all it kind of entitled into uh, into actually submitting your you know, film for the yeah, part? Yeah, you know what really attracted me was just the power of the scripts. You know, the the, the scripts were amazing, and and we got which happens really rare in TV. You know, you rarely get all 10 episodes before you start shooting. So basically, we, got, we had the amazing chance of getting 10 episodes written out before the first day of shooting, and so I was able to really see the entire journey of the character already mapped out in front of me. And then we went about shooting it like it was a 10-hour movie. And that's what really attracted to me, uh, me to the part. And let's face it, uh, the idea of playing a lion was always going to appeal to me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. <laughs> and then when I saw the costume, well, you know, say no more. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it, you know, <clears throat> other than the characters too, it, I don't know if it was something you knew ahead of time, but you, you know, you have somebody of such acting caliber like Vincent D'Onofrio in there playing the wizard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd have to imagine it's got to be pretty. Did you find it intimidating working with somebody like him, or did you find it more inspiring no. than anything? No, it's more inspiring than anything else. I, I don't. You know, we all we, we all are in the same business, and 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 we all do this uh, with with passion and with love. And when you have an opportunity to work with a savant like Vincent, uh, it, it's only inspiring. It inspires you to raise your game and and to match his level and to get there, and 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 that's what it is. Intimidating, not so much. You know, because we're all human beings in the end. I don't think there's any reason to be intimidated by any other human being. To be to be perfectly honest, but the inspiring, absolutely. He's absolutely an inspiration and was an inspiration to me and also an incredibly generous human being as an actor as well you know somebody you could talk to about anything uh, who would share his wisdom and his experience because he's got a breadth of experience when it comes to, to, to performing you know so there's lots and lots and lots that we were able to draw from him and he was only really happy in in giving us all that yeah yeah i know it's uh you should try and you know he he has that role of the kingpin on the daredevil uh, on, yeah, on Daredevil. Oh, really? Phenomenal. I, I, I was. I would always think that maybe you would try to like nudge your way into that a little bit, see if you can get in, into that kind of world just through Vincent. Uh, you mean get in the Marvel world? <laughs> yeah, get or, into the Marvel yeah. universe. Yeah, I think I think we all want to get in the Marvel world, but I, <laughs> I, I think even Vincent would tell you that he has no influence over who can get into the Marvel world. If he did, I'm sure I would have been able to, to talk to him and he would have been, it would have put in a word for me. But <laughs> unfortunately, that's not how the game works. <laughs> yeah, especially with Marvel. I think they have... Especially like, with Marvel. Yeah. I think they have, you know, they have their own rules and, and they have their own thing going and, and more power to them. They've been doing great work and, and putting out a great product. So, uh, uh, you know, whatever they're doing, it's working. Why yeah. change it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I know, you know, when, when Emerald City first debuted, it, it, I think it struggled a little bit in the beginning to find an audience. But my, a lot of new shows tend to do that. But, you know, from what I saw, it definitely started to pick up viewership again towards the end. Does that Absolutely. mean, you know, if there's do we know if there's any word yet, if there's a chance the show is going to be returning for a new set of stories or? You know, there is enough material. And I know that the producers, the showrunners, and the writers, they all wanted to go for another season. All of us actors would be more than happy to go and do this again. We're really keen on doing it again. I think it's really a, a question in the end of the day that's to do uh, with uh, dollars. <laughs> it's all about them <laughs> at the end of the day. It's, a, it's an expensive show to shoot, and, and therefore... You know, the network has to make sure that they get their money's worth, you know, in the end. And and so it's up to the gods at this stage, you know. I hope we do. And please keep Twitter alive and, and keep, you know, hashtagging Renew Emerald City. And, and who knows, you know, we might do it again. I would love to do it again. Yeah, I, I think one of the things, too, that works is, that works well with shows like this and, and you know, Emerald City is a, is a good example of it is these limited series runs of like 10 to 12 episodes rather than a full like 24, uh, oh, 22 to so 24. Appealing. Yeah, it's so appealing also to, to us performers because you can go and you can, you know, it takes half a year to shoot that and then you still have the rest of the year to do something else, you know, yeah. and to find another character and then you can go back and it's only half a year. So that's very, very appealing because... 
most actors want to continuously play different parts because that's what gives us uh, and feeds us energy and that's what makes us feel like we're being creative and and so the opportunity to do that is fantastic and especially when you have a chance to be in a limited series like Emerald City where the world itself is so rich you know not only do you have these amazing female characters and you have a transgender character and you've got wizards and stone giants and and a guy with a lion costume and a guy in a tin costume and it, all these things are there and it just piques your imagination and, and you kind of go oh yes i want to explore more yeah. i want to know more so uh, us who are in front and behind the camera as well as the audience are uh, totally intrigued by what other stories would come up yeah yeah and you mentioned that uh, the stories, there's more of that. And you mentioned the sets as well um, and what it, what it costs to shoot. I imagine that it's a lot of fun to shoot as well just because of the, of the scenes that get portrayed. And it's just visually it's very pleasing. So I would assume that it's kind of fun to create that world. It was, it was amazing to shoot. Like, you know, when we set out to do this, Tarzan, our, our fearless leader and director who directed all 10 episodes, um, he insisted on using as little CGI as possible. And because of that, we had to travel to these amazing locations. And, of course, you know, anytime you tell an actor, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Spain, and to go, then while we're in Spain, we're going to go to five different locations, and then we're going to take you to a national um, a national forest in, in Croatia, and then we're going to go to Budapest and shoot there. And every time you have an opportunity to do that, it's incredibly exciting. So, you know, there wasn't a day that went by where we weren't excited to come to work because we didn't know what was awaiting us, you yeah. know? And so every day I would show up, I, was, I would either be amazed by a costume somebody would be wearing, by the set design, by the way that Tarsem set up the shot and, and how the frame looked. I mean, every day my mind was blown. You know, and, and that's that's truly something um, special and, and something that I'm immensely proud to have been a part of. Even, you know, if we don't do a second season, I can I can already say it was an amazing experience and one of the best experiences of my career to have been a part of, you know. So it's already it's already done so much for me. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the the places that you went to as well. That's cool. I didn't know that you guys did a bunch of on location stuff, but you were born in yeah. Egypt and raised in Germany and now you got to travel around all these worlds. You, you got to have some kind of travel story or favorite place or something that that you can give us with you're you're like a world traveler at this point. Yeah, well, I've I've been fortunate enough to to in this job that that it's kind of um taken me to very, very remote places and beautiful places. You know, I've been fortunate enough to, to shoot in those three countries that I, that I mentioned before, but also I've shot in Australia and I've shot in Namibia and I've shot in Russia and, and Bulgaria and many, many other places. And, and it's uh, one of the perks of our jobs and, and also the tough part of a job, especially when you, when you have family, is all the traveling. Uh, in terms of travel stories, yeah, I remember one time uh, we... We're coming back from shooting. I was I was shooting something in Australia, and I was flying back, and it was winter. And I was meant to fly, but I was living in London at the time, and I was meant to fly back from Australia uh, back to London. And every single airport in Europe was completely covered in snow. Oh no! So they they couldn't land anywhere. So the plane had to go all the way back, and they landed in Thailand. <laughs> so I found myself in Thailand. And I, and I called my family up. I'm sorry. I hope you guys are having a good Christmas. I'm in Thailand. Right? I'll be there when I can. So that was that was uh, that was one of those those crazy traveling stories. But no, I've been I've been very blessed, and I'm very fortunate to uh, 
to travel uh, with my work and and well, it's not work. Let's face it; it's it's, uh, it's a vocation. It's something you know, we're, we're privileged. Yeah. yeah. I guess my final world follow up is how many languages do you speak with all the places that you've I, been to? Yeah, I speak. I speak four. I speak yeah. Four. I would say I speak three really good, and and a fourth one, you know, I speak German and English and Arabic, and then I I, I had a Spanish girlfriend a long, long time ago, and I got so sick and tired of asking questions all the time when we were visiting her family. So I figured, you know what, I'm just gonna fucking learn the language myself. And then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> and so I did. I went I went to Barcelona and did a language course for like a couple of weeks just so I could sit with their parents and finally understand what the fuck they were saying. <laughs> and that was good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, you know, I leave that to the imagination. <laughs> no, they, 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 it was very good. But yeah, so I learned a little bit of Spanish, which is coming coming in handy now. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as Stephen mentioned too, you know, you're, you're pretty much a world traveler and you've been lucky in the locations that you've gotten to go to and, and live in. But, you know, as far as like the, the caliber of actors, we mentioned Vincent D'Onofrio and, you know, you've gotten to work with him. You got to work with Kiefer in 24. And, yeah. but, but there's, there's one show in particular that you did that's part of your resume that I was a fan of and I was so bummed that it got canceled. Um, but you were on Which Terra Nova. I was, yes, I was, I was, I was, yeah. And I, I worked with Stephen Lang and yeah. Jason and, and, and uh, Shelley Long, uh, Shelley Kahn and, and all of them, yeah. And th- I mean, th- th- that, show had, that show had such a great premise to it. And, I, you know, unfortunately, the life of the show was cut short. And I'm always bummed yeah. when things like that happen, especially when it ends on a cliffhanger like that show did. You know, it always happens to shows that are more, or more, it more likely happens to shows that are expensive. You know, yeah, that show had to be expensive, yeah. Yeah, and that show was very expensive. That's, by the way, the show that I shot in Australia. Which oh. is the, the, so it's very funny you picked that up because that was the flight home. <laughs> oh, all right. There we go. Yeah, that, that was the flight home from Australia. So I'm finished, I finished shooting Terra Nova and trying to, all I want to do is get home and, and I'm somewhere in Thailand. I'm like, all right, well, let's make the best of it. <laughs> um, I know you've got a uh, a new, I think it's a Showtime show that's going to be yeah. coming up soon too no well? no it's, it's, it's a show on stars called oh so it's that stars and i had my networks mixed yeah and then i'm filming with you know the wonderful incredibly talented jk simmons you know oscar winner from whiplash yeah yeah he's a, he's another man you the caliber of actors you've worked with you you are definitely lucky i've been blessed yeah i've been blessed and be, and and you know acting is such a wonderful sharing experience so, you know, it's literally, and, and you're talking about the stuff that the actors I've worked with when I was, you know, in front of the camera, but I've worked with wonderful actors on stage, which is where you, you know, you actually get to watch their process. So the, the, the beauty about doing stage work is you're locked in a rehearsal room for four to six weeks or whatever, and you get to see these marvelous actors, you know, begin stuff and then throw it away, find something else, throw that away, discover something else. And so that, to me, was really like going to school and, and, and watching people that have been doing it for so long. And, and then, you, you know, the information and the knowledge and the, the talent that goes with it gets passed down, you know. So I, that was the beginning of the sharing experience. And, and I think life is about sharing. So I've always feel blessed that I've been able to, to learn from, from such wonderful people and, and, uh, and, and hopefully will continue to do so and, and, and myself share everything that I learned, which, you know, isn't very much, but, you know, I'll pass it on. Yeah. So, and I think that's what, um, to me, that's what life's about. Life's about sharing. So I've been, I've been very fortunate to be in a position where people have been willing to share. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can tell you're a genuine and, and 
somebody to root for in Hollywood. And we, we like to kind of highlight people that, um, that do things in the community every now and then. And I came across um, this thing called the Wolf Connection, which Wolf Connection. Yeah. all I saw was a youth empowerment group and Wolf Dog Sanctuary. Uh, those are yeah. the same thing, and how do they work? <laughs> okay, so it's very funny because I'm actually going on a on a full moon hike with the wolves on on Sunday evening because there's a full moon on Sunday, and we're going to go for a, a nighttime hike with them. It's an incredible organization. Uh, the Wolf Connection is basically what happens in in California. You're allowed to breed wolf dogs. That means you're allowed to breed dogs with, who have a wolf content in them. What happens a lot of times is that people realize that this is not a dog, and they can't deal with the wolf. And so the wolf has to then get euthanized and be put down. So uh, the wolf sanctuary takes these wolves in and, and gives them a life, so to speak. And what they've done now is they're starting to work, or not starting to work, but they work with endangered youths. So kids or young adults that have been in, in gang culture, that have been sexually abused, physically abused, uh, drug addicts, any form of abuse that you can imagine has gone on in these, in these children's lives. And they bring the animal and the children together. And together they teach each other how to heal. The, the young, young youth has the opportunity to learn from the wolf how to heal its own pain. And a, a really amazing thing happens when these when these to get together. The, the young adult chooses a wolf instinctively, without knowing it, that has a similar history of abuse than, as they do. And from the animal, they then learn how to deal with whatever has happened in their life. And so it's an amazing organization, and I urge everyone to, to look it up, and if they have a chance, to, to go and see for themselves and, and be in the presence of these really, truly majestic animals. Yeah, th- that sounds th- really a- amazing. I mean, even just the fact of taking a nighttime hike with wolves. Yeah. Um, sounds like such an incredible... A full moon. On a full moon. Yeah, full it sounds moon. like such an incredible experience. I just looked up the information, too. Uh, all of our listeners can check it out. Well, wolfconnection.org. Is, yeah, uh, please, 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 please check this organization out. Uh, they are an organization that lives primarily off donations. Um, and they do amazing work. And it's basically a tale who the, the founder of, of this organization, he came across a, a bunch of pups at some stage and, and they didn't, didn't want to watch them be put down. And so he took them in and all of a sudden out of five grew 30. Yeah. And, and, uh, and this, and the story moves on from there and, and they do, they do truly amazing work and, and to bring an endangered species and endangered children and put them together and have them heal each other and have them grow and learn together and learn how to trust because that's the big thing. You know, one, what you find with youths that have, that, have, that have been in these incredibly negative situations, trust is a big issue. And the same goes for the animal. The trust is a big issue because they're skittish, they're afraid, they've been abused, they don't want to come towards you. So to be able to bring these two together and have them trust again in, in us, in humans, is an amazing experience. And, and they, they really, I can't stress it enough, they, they do phenomenal work there. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to check it out, and we'll definitely encourage our, our listeners to check it out as well. Yeah, yes, awesome. please do. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you guys for that. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we wrap things up, obviously, we've talked about television. We've talked about film. We've talked about theater, um, you know, a, a little bit of theater. But what's in the future? Any chance for writing or directing in your future? Uh, well, 
funny that you should say that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I optioned two books that I'm going to be turning into uh, TV shows. And at the moment, we're writing, we finished with one, and we're now, you know, in the process of pitching that. And we're just in the process of, of uh, finishing up the pilot episode for the other show. And so I don't know if I will would be directing, but I'm certainly uh, part of the writing process and certainly will be part of the producing process. So that's definitely something that, that I'm going to be dabbling more in with and, and, you know, try to get my feet wet a little bit. Yeah. As far as directing, you know, there is a part of me that really would love to, and there's another part of me that's just like, damn, that's just too many fucking hats, too much responsibility. <laughs> it's just like, life is so easy as an actor. You all you got to do is you focus on your character, and you look the other person in the eye, and you know you say the truth, as Spencer Tracy would say, you know, look the other person in the eye and speak the truth. As a director, you've got so much stuff that you got to figure yeah. out, and everybody has a question, and you have to have answers to all these questions. So, you know, I my hats off to every single director. That's a big thing to take on, and 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 I'm not sure that's something I want to do. But it, it, I'm not going to lie to you; it has piqued my interest more than once. Yes. Well, who knows? I mean, maybe they, you know a little bit later on down the road, it might be something you you'll be more uh... inclined to do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. That was the word I was looking for. My mind went blank for a second. Um, let, the foreign, let the foreign guy give you the English word. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Uh, but, Mito, thanks so much for joining us. This was definitely uh, a, a great conversation with you. And we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed, you know, that Emerald City maybe get picked up for a second season. And uh, we're definitely going to keep an eye on, you know, on you for the future. And hopefully later on down the road, we can have you on again to promote something new. Absolutely. I, w I would love to do that. And, and thank you guys so much for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure. So um, please, yeah, spread the love, guys. Thank you. Are you on Twitter at all? I am now. <laughs> I am now. You can find me on Twitter under uh, uh, Mito Hamada 37 Okay, that's the one I looked at, and I wasn't sure because I know a lot of times you get that little check mark next to it that it's verified, and there's a lot of fake accounts out there, so I wanted to get it directly from you that that was your, yes, your so Twitter Yes, so the account. horse's mouth says it's Mito Hamada 37 <laughs> There you and, go. And you see it. So we'll, we'll definitely get our listeners, you know, our cars of listeners to follow you on Twitter, gets, you know, get you some more followers out there. And, yes, uh, please do. Like I said, I'm a new when it comes to social media, as you may have guessed, I'm more of an outdoorsy person. I, I, have a, I have a hard time with social media, but I am aware that this is the new way, and I'm not a dinosaur. I will go with a new way, and I will try and, you know, be more socially active in terms of social media. And, I, you know, I'm, I, baby steps. Baby steps, baby steps. I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it, once again, too, wolfconnection.org is something we're going to encourage people to check out. Uh, and, of course, check out our website, nextlevelradioonline.com and facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. Mito, thanks again for joining us. This was great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. All right, guys. We'll be back with another edition for the showcast shortly down the road. Take care. <laughs>